Thank you for downloading the Plod podcast, Police Law On Demand, brought to you by 3D solicitors and barristers from Sergeants in Chambers. In our podcast series, we are going to discuss a range of topics affecting police officers and anyone involved in the criminal justice system. For more updates on police law, follow the Sergeants in Police Law blog at ukpolicelawblog.com. If you have any suggestions for any topics that you would like us to cover, please email plod at 3d-solicitors.com. Coronavirus legislation and guidance has been introduced as part of a concerted effort across the whole of the UK to tackle the COVID-19 outbreak. The intention is that it will enable the right people from public bodies across the UK to take appropriate actions at the right times to manage the effects of the outbreak. I'm Deborah Britstone from 3D Solicitors, and with me to discuss this is Elliot Gold from Sergeants in Chambers. So Elliot, where are we now? There have been laws, guidance, assistance notes. What actually now applies? Well, and all the rest. The press conferences from politicians, um, there have been multiple organisations putting out different or multiple versions of guidance. There have been laws and regulations repeated, revoked, replaced. As to what applies now, there's the Coronavirus Act 2020. There are the Health Protection Coronavirus Restrictions England Regulations 2020. And there are also the Amendment Regulations 2020. It's worth stating, because who knows whether this will change at a later date, that everything we discuss today is based on the law in England as applies at the date of this podcast. There are, in addition to those regulations and enactments, various guidance documents from the Crown Prosecution Service, the College of Policing, the National Police Chiefs Council. There are separate guidance documents um, issued by other organisations and also on the closure of premises. You referred to the England regulations. Is it right to say that the law is different in Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland? Yes, that is right. The reason is that this is a health matter, not a criminal or public order matter, and health is a devolved issue. So what I say here applies to England and not to the other countries within the UK. And the law there's different, isn't it? It is, actually. To take one example, whereas in Wales, individuals are prohibited from leaving home more than once a day, there's no such limit in the English regulations and of course, the amendments to the English regulations expand the prohibitions and police powers considerably, although those amendments have now also been made to the Welsh regulations, but not to those in Scotland or Northern Ireland. You've mentioned there both regulations and guidance. Do the police apply both, or does one take priority over the other? Well, it is the regulations that have legal force and not the guidance but it is at least arguable that the guidance assists on what amounts to reasonableness within the meaning of the regulations when determining whether a reasonable excuse is reasonable. But the police should have in mind that they are enforcing the law as stated in the regulations themselves. You mentioned earlier the amendment regulations. In terms of the lockdown, what are the prohibitions on members of the public? Well, up till the amendment regulations, a person was not permitted to leave their home unless they had a reasonable excuse. There is a list of what are reasonable excuses, but it isn't exhaustive. That means that you could have an excuse for leaving your home that is a reasonable one, even if it doesn't match or fall within the list of specified reasons. 
there is a long list of what are reasonable excuses, and those have been expanded with the amendment regulations. The main ones that I uh, that have had the most publicity is to obtain basic necessities or to take exercise. But as I've said, not only are there other reasons, a person may have a reasonable excuse, even if their own particular circumstances don't fall within the express regulations. So police officers must be careful not to dismiss people's reasons for being out of their homes just because it isn't on the list. So what is this all about, only being permitted to leave your home once for exercise or for exceptional reasons? Yes, there's nothing in the regulations in England that limits a person to leaving their home for exercise only once per day or that the exercise be absolutely necessary or essential. The wording of the regulation in relation to exercise is to take exercise either alone or with members of the household. There's no requirement of exceptional reasons and no requirement of necessity. But I should also add, if, if you don't mind, that the restriction, say, on obtaining basic necessities is drafted very strictly. It's to obtain basic necessities for the essential upkeep, maintenance and functioning of the household. That must, in my view, be interpreted reasonably and applied proportionately. You no doubt have heard the story about the Easter eggs. Yes, I did hear that, but I don't think it was true. No, well, it wasn't the police who were involved. And there is nothing to stop people buying whatever they want in shops that are permitted to be open. It would, it seems to me, be a potential breach of Regulation 6 for a person to leave their home if they went out just to buy, say, a single chocolate bar. But where someone has gone out shopping, then the purchase of non-essential items is incidental to that, and they don't breach the regulations and police shouldn't attempt to inspect people shopping or perform what may end up being unlawful searches of people just because they bought items that are not considered to be essential or basic necessities. Is there a limit on where you can drive to to go for exercise? We've seen all the videos of the drones and have read stories about the police using roadblocks to check where people are going. No, within the regulations themselves, there is no limit on when or where a person can take exercise. I've seen the guidance, of course, that says a person should not drive for longer than the exercise will take. But there is nothing in the regulations that prohibits a person from driving to a particular place to take exercise, or, for that matter, from taking a break when having taken exercise. So that if a person seeks, say, to catch their breath by sitting on a park bench or lying down on the grass... That is not prohibited so long as it is incidental to a person's taking exercise rather than an event in itself. I should also say on that that there's nothing in the regulations that enforces social distancing. So police officers should be careful before attempting to use police powers to enforce this because they have no police powers to do so. By way of contrast, um, for example, the rules on social distancing are included within the Welsh regulations, but not in the English version. You spoke about the regulations being amended. So what's changed? I did, yes. Up until the amendment, one of the prohibitions was for a person to leave their home without reasonable excuse. That meant that if a person left their home with a reasonable excuse, say to go shopping or to take exercise, and whilst out then decided to go, say, to the house of a friend, they would still have left their home with reasonable excuse 
and so would not have been in breach of the prohibition in Regulation 6. The amendment, amongst a number of other things, now says that no person may leave or be outside the place where they are living without reasonable excuse. I suspect it puts the law in the state that was originally intended. So has the new law clarified things? It seems that the amendment has plugged that hole. Well, yes and no, as a lawyer might say. It now means that being out of one's home rather than merely leaving it without reasonable excuse is now prohibited. But it does create a new difficulty. It shouldn't be that complicated either for a police officer or a person to know whether a person has left their home without reasonable excuse. Either a person has or they haven't. But it is a bit more difficult to know if a person is outside their home without reasonable excuse. For instance, have they taken too long or circuitous route to go to the shops? Have they been out for too long taking exercise? It's worth not forgetting that there is a long list of reasonable excuses and a police officer is now required not only to consider whether the person had that excuse when leaving their home, but also whether the continued activity is reasonable. And that's the same for people themselves. It's easy for a person to know if they've left their home with a reasonable excuse. It's a bit more difficult for any of us to know whether our remaining outside our home is beyond the period that that is reasonable. Also, if you look at the list of things that amount to a reasonable excuse, one of them, for instance, is to travel for the purposes of work. Well, that made sense when the prohibition was not to leave one's home other than with a reasonable excuse. One could leave one's home to travel to work. But now the prohibition includes not to remain outside one's home other than with reasonable excuse. So strict wording permits us to remain outside our home to travel to work, but not actually to stay at work. And so that degree of uh, lack of clarity gives a lot of power and discretion to police officers. And so they should be careful to ensure that they exercise that sensitively and proportionately. You have spoken about the police exercising their power sensitively. But what are the police powers on this? Do they have the power of arrest? Can they require people to satisfy them as to what are the reasons for which they are out of their home? Well, where a police officer considers that a person has left their home or is outside their home without reasonable excuse, they can require them to go home or, if necessary, physically remove them there. Of course, given the importance of social distancing, that should not be done unless necessary. Otherwise, police officers are going to put themselves and members of the public at risk. Similarly, where the police see a child under the age of 16 with an adult, they can tell the adult to take the child home. Separately to that, where the police see more than two people together in a public place who are not from the same household, they can require them to go home. That does not mean that they must do that, you can imagine circumstances where a vulnerable person requires two or more people, say, to assist them in a public place. And these powers really are intended to prevent people gathering together and potentially spreading the virus before our health service can cope with it. And so the police should use their powers more as a public health issue rather than as a public order matter. Where in the event uh, individuals refuse to comply with police instructions, an officer can issue them with a fixed penalty notice. If they still refuse, the police, of course, retain their power of arrest. 
but they should be clear what is the necessity of arrest. And again, bear in mind the issue of reasonableness and proportionality, given that arrest will interfere with social distancing and could potentially contribute to the virus's spread. So that refers to police officers telling people to go home when they are in a public place. What about where the police suspect people of breaching the lockdown by being in each other's homes? Do they have a power of entry for a breach of the regulations or perhaps a public order? The police are given no power of entry to premises whatsoever for a suspected breach of Regulation 6, the leaving of one's home without reasonable excuse. They do have powers to enter public places that should be closed, such as pubs, restaurants, if not providing takeaways, leisure centres or cinemas, museums, hair salons. So those public places that the regulations require to close? Yes, all, all of those public places, but not private premises. So even where the police suspect or even know that there are people who have breached Regulation 6 in a person's private home, the police can wait outside private premises for people to leave in order to take action against them, but they have no police powers to enter residential premises for a breach of Regulation 6. It is unlikely to amount to a public order breach, and it's unlikely to fall within the police powers for entry of premises for saving life and limb in pace. So that covers a lot about leaving one's home and the police powers for dealing with them. Yes, it does. Uh, But I should finish by saying that this is, first and foremost, a public health issue. A public health issue, not a criminal law matter or a public order matter. The purpose of these powers is to enable the police to protect public health and to protect the National Health Service to ensure that it isn't overwhelmed by persons spreading the virus at too early a stage. So police should use those powers as such. It is not about punishing people for breaking rules where there is no immediate or involved risk to public health. And it's not about enforcing the criminal laws per se. As I've said, it's about protecting public health. And so police officers, constables, all of them should have at the forefront of their minds whenever exercising these powers, um, whether such action as they may take is necessary for the protection of public health. And they should ask themselves, would public health be harmed if I do not take action? Elliot, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for downloading the Plod podcast, Police Law On Demand, brought to you by 3D solicitors and barristers from Sergeants in Chambers. For more updates on police law, follow the Sergeants in Police Law blog at ukpolicelawblog.com. If you have any suggestions for any topics that you would like us to cover, please email plod at 3d-solicitors.com.